This is Laundry with Lila with your host, Laura, the podcast that's delivering you your weekly dose of girl chat. On today's episode, I welcome back my beautiful friend, Amy D. We talk all about how sex and pleasure is integrated into her soul sessions. Amy takes us on an educational journey around her work and how sex is a large part of that. We talk about masturbation, pleasure, porn use, and so much more, and no stone is left unturned in this episode. Our conversation does lead us to discuss sexual assault and rape, so please, if this is the trigger for you, this episode may not be for your ears. Hello, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. I'm so proud to have you. Um, listen, my episode with you, first episode, which was a few few back now, was our most popular and a few people touched base and just said, we kind of touched on what you do, sex positive and how you support women through sex and their sexuality and I thought it would be really cool to kind of delve a lot deeper into that and just understand what you do, how you help women, and yeah, more about the sexual side of things. So, thank you for joining me again. Um, so, we should just get straight into it. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> so, I guess, how, how do you support women in, in their sexuality? So, how does it all really start? I know it's such a broad question, so. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, like we talked about in the last podcast, I really help women to kind of... Um, I hold space for women to kind of get raw and real in their conversations around sex, but around life, because life is heavily connected to how we sex. So if we're having blocks in life, we're usually we'll see them reflecting in some way in our sex life. So I guess like I I do find myself sometimes forgetting to talk so much around the actual sex because sometimes because I'm so aware of how everything to do with life is affecting our sex life it can um sometimes I tend to like find myself focusing more on more so on that but in my sessions so I I do intuitive work I hold intuitive sessions for women um but it's really just a space where women can talk about sex and the raw, real, and sometimes terrifying aspects of sex that we want to talk about that we don't necessarily have the space or the safety and support to talk about it with our friends or in our day-to-day life beyond the jokes around sex that we have, like when we're getting on the piss and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, you know, like we're all good at like, well, not all of us, but a lot of us can easily talk about sex when we're having a couple of wines with the girls and stuff like that but it doesn't mean we necessarily talk about the nitty-gritty stuff around different fears or traumas that might have come up during the sexual experience um so i hold space for women in that sense and then i also bring through intuitive guidance for women around their sex life so this can i bring intuitive guidance through for women around life in general but when it comes to sex I can see different aspects of a woman or a couple's sex life clairvoyantly. So sometimes it's through visions of like different positions or I will see them uh, maybe having sex in a certain way that maybe isn't serving them or or is serving them. So I can see it clairvoyantly in visions. Um, And then I also can lean into sensing like how they might feel in certain sexual scenarios um or around the aspects of sex or fear around sex different things like that so i really use my intuitive intuition to tune into their soul wisdom and their soul will show me what is blocking them or holding them back in their sex life from truly rising into their highest potential in life, but also in their sex life so they can connect deeper with themselves Mm -hmm. and with other people, if that makes sense. So um, while while I do just hold space, um, a lot of it is intuitively guided and it sounds weird and a little bit cuckoo, but yeah, I do see things like sometimes I might see that like a woman is terrified for a man to go down on her or... And I was, and intuition works funny. So we talk about that in the, the last podcast, but it's not necessarily that I 
just see it. It's it's more like I'll see little snippets, little signals. And my other intuitive, um, what's it called? Intuitive aspects of myself. So like my clear sentience, which is clear feeling. So I can feel into what that vision is meaning for them and applies to them. So yeah, it's a little bit uh, complicated, but um, it's hard to explain something that's not physical, mm-hmm. but I do tune into their sex life. Um, obviously with their permission so all my clients that come to me they know I talk about sex so it's not like I go into their private life I'm like oh she's not getting enough you know like (laughs) it's not like that it's not like that it's more like uh, they come to me for uh, life guidance and with life guidance comes sexual guidance and in my work and in my opinion anyway because um, you know we all have sexual energy and it's really important that we're we're working on the holistic health of that sexual energy so we can live a higher vibrational life and have these deeper more intimate connections with people absolutely i agree with you 1000 percent. i know that um for myself even like when me and my husband are going through a tough time emotionally and arguing and those kind of things the sex falls apart obviously yeah. um, because you don't want to be close and connected with the person yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting. I, I remember listening to something or a podcast or reading it somewhere, but they said that if your sex life is deteriorating, like everything mm. else is. And yeah. I really, really believe that. Like if your mm-hmm. sex life is a lot less than what it used to be, that there's yeah. problems elsewhere as well. Absolutely. And I guess like that's what I said at the start. It's like that's why I focus so heavily on life because it's both, they're both so tightly intertwined and we don't see it like that because we've been taught that sex is just a purely physical thing, but it's not. And it's also like, I guess like, um, for example, you know, like if somebody's really controlling, sometimes it reflects into their sex life as well and they'll find like they're trying to control the sexual experience, which can block them from receiving and block them from, because sex is hugely about surrender Mm -hmm. so it's this is just an example of how how we are in life really reflects into our sex life um yeah and so it can it could be any of our traits anything that's coming up also like physically if we're feeling unhealthy or if we're not nourishing ourselves um or if we're allowing what we call like in tantra they call it your astral body but it's pretty much your emotional body for like human terms if our emotional body is ruling the show Um, We can find ourselves going into addictive patterns, maybe with like eating and things like that. But that can sometimes reflect into our relationship where we just go down into that primal nature because we're all animal bodies at the end of the day as human beings. And it's not that that's wrong. It's just that it's not necessarily like the healthiest version of sex. So, um, you know, that's when we go you know for some of us it might be like getting into porn to distract our mind because we're struggling to get off um you know we're struggling to get off off ourselves because we're not liking ourselves so we go into watching porn because i'm like oh then i can get off on someone else for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. you know so there's like it's not that porn's like i don't want to demonize or shame anyone for porn because god like i've watched it plenty of porn in my time same <laughs> um, yeah you know like it's, it's not something to be shamed about it's just recognizing that porn is like Porn is a tool that takes us away from ourselves and it's hard to have that soul deep connected sex and that's why I don't really recommend watching porn like when you're having sex with your partner because it takes you away from that intimate yourself. moment. Yeah, that intimate moment and it's mm. not and again, you do what you do you boo, you know like <laughs> if you want to do that that's fine, but all I'm saying is that it's not necessarily um you're not present in the moment if no, you're watching no, no. porn. And it's yeah. not like, it's not, uh, oh, I, I wrote this down earlier and I was like, you know, it's porn, having sex and like masturbating to porn, we've, you know, the majority of us, a lot of us have done it. You know, it's a, it's a porn driven world in, out there. But it's like the fast food of sex almost. And we want the gourmet sex, right? We want that gourmet sex that like seeing stars that kind of like, intense orgasmic full body experience it's so much harder to do that when we're distracting ourselves with an image in a movie you know it's the same as when we eat food in front of the tv and watching a movie right and then before you know it you've eaten your whole bowl of food you haven't even tasted it it's that same concept Mm -hmm. it's it's just recognizing that with porn it's like 
don't even know how we got onto the topic of it, but obviously we needed to go there. <laughs> <laughs> that is also extremely relatable. I know that when I'm having a hard time and like mm-hmm. just want to like masturbate and like just yeah, get some energy yeah. out and trying to do it without porn and you just can't shut off your mind and you're especially yeah. as women and as mothers we're just constantly thinking about dishes and washing yeah. and we've got to do this for our child and we've got to do yeah. this and that and it's hard to kind of close off our mind so uh, I know for myself that I would yeah. turn to porn just to yeah. close my mind off yeah. but then um in the past sometimes it's got to the point where I can't come without watching yeah. porn and that's where I'm like cool I need to pull myself away I remember having a chat to my girlfriend about this and I guess it's similar but um I was struggling to come without porn so I took myself back and she said I'm struggling to come without like a vibrator because I was Mm -hmm. masturbating so much yeah um she was struggling to come just during sex you know or with just her fingers or anything so yeah just gotta I I guess recognize that in yourself and in Mm -hmm. your work just teaching people that it's fine to have fast food occasionally and to be human but not all the time sometimes it can turn into a bit of an unhealthy trait yeah and that comes back to self-awareness which is hugely what I teach it's like recognizing you know I'm the same like I've had times of my life where I've watched a shitload of porn and I've masturbated mostly to porn and then I witness it myself I'm like okay this is my addictive personality. This is me not wanting to face my shit. But I guess because I do have that self-awareness, I am aware, but I haven't always been. I haven't always been aware. But I know as well being a mum, it is hard to drop into your body after rushing around or like your kid's in the next room having a nap and you're just like trying to have a quickie before you, you know, have to go and do the dishes. (laughs) You know, there's so many things to do. Um, So it's recognising that, you know, for me, like, because I'm choosing a tantric path, I really try to devote to not using porn anymore. Um, and, you know, never say never, but as a whole, that's where I'm at. Um, but it's like somebody who maybe works out at the gym and they're bodybuilding or something, and, you know, they're really devoting their life to that path and they're devoting their life to health and well-being. It's the same concept that I'm just devoting to my sexual health. So it's not, it's not, I don't want you to, I don't want people to think it's demonizing, but it can, porn, like you said, we program our body to come a certain way, either with toys or certain positions of masturbation or certain positions of sex or certain uh, sexual practices like porn. So it's really important to see that in yourself through self-awareness to Mm -hmm. then be like, okay, I need to have a break. I need to try something different. And if that means not coming all the time, that has to be okay because I'll reprogram my body to be able to to come in a more diverse way because, you know, when you go into the sexual experience, you want to try different things sexually, right? You mm-hmm. want to have these, like, divinely led sexual experiences and we can't do that if our body's programmed to a one-size-fits-all. Absolutely. No, I agree with you so much and it definitely resonates because of my past as well. Yeah, yeah. So I guess... Yeah. Um, you've kind of explained what you do for women, but so how do you, how do you do that? Besides the clairvoyant stuff, is there anything Mm -hmm. else that you kind of, um, tap into? Is there any other spiritual things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do, uh, a lot of my sessions are based on intuitive guidance, but I also use energy work. So I'm trained in Reiki and spiritual healing. Um, and I help women to really integrate the guidance that's come through, through energetic work because, so in a, when we shift things energetically, it does take the physical body a couple of days to catch up or a little bit of time. It kind of like lags behind a little bit. So we shift things energetically through visualization, through distance healing, through um, different practices like meditation. But also um, I am studying Tantra. So there's also a whole toolkit of Tantric practices that I can teach women um through breath and again intention energy work different things like that um i am started helping couples as well which is really fun so i've been holding space for a few couples and that's cool i'm loving that um but yeah i do that's kind of the gist of it it's 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 very much led by the client Mm -hmm. because everybody's different and with intuitive work you never know what's going to come up so um, it's holding space for them to have like really raw realizations themselves mm-hmm. and kind of almost like facilitating the client 
to understand that they are their own healer. I'm just holding space. I'm just offering support and helping them to reconnect with that soul aspect of themselves so they can heal themselves. Because what I do, like, yeah, I'm, I guess like they call someone like me an energy healer or a spiritual healer, but I'm not healing anyone. I'm just holding the space so they can heal themselves because at the end of the day, we're the only ones who can make shifts in any aspect of our life, be it our sex life or our general life. And um, yeah, I just kind of hold the space for women to understand their potential, to see their power in the situation and to see how they can show up more for themselves, get to know themselves, really um, celebrate themselves and then facilitate their own healing through any method that they might feel called to. Mm. You touched on um, your, your Tantra sessions and stuff. So that's obviously okay. something new that you've brought to yeah. your practice. So what is Tantra? Tell us. Tell us all the details for someone that doesn't know anything about it. Okay, so uh, Tantra <laughs> is such, such a broad topic. Um, it's, uh, and Tantra is one of those practices that I've been teaching this work for about six years now. And it's something that I always kind of innately so uh, something that I already just knew to be true and it very much talks about soul sex um but tantra was never just about sex and it's not just about sex there's many different types of tantra and um it's like a thousand years old or something like that so it's been around for a really really long time and it's a huge body of work um and many different teachings so the type of tantra that I teach um in my sessions, I would say it's like a mix of white and red Tantra. So there's, I guess there's three main types of Tantra, like white, red, and black. Black, mm-hmm. something we don't really want to go to. It's like lower vibrational, not great. Um, red Tantra is more physical. So it's more embodied. Mm-hmm. And white Tantra is more spiritual or mental. So it's more of like, it's not so physical. It's not about sex. It's not what well, they talk about sex, but it's not so much about sex. It's more about just learning, reading, studying the intellectual side of Tantra. Mm-hmm. I teach probably like a blend of both of them. Um, the start of my Tantric sessions are very much educational. They talk about yin and yang, divine feminine, divine masculine energies. It talks about, um, oh my God brain block now (laughs) and it talks about cultivating sexual energy it talks about ching and chi energy which is life force and sexual energy and how we use it in the body to heal and different things like that and then at the end of the session I always like to we do like more physical practices to really embody that knowledge so we can learn how to physically work with our sexual energy Mm -hmm. tantra is ultimately like a weaving of the spiritual with the physical so I guess that's why I love it because we are here as as human beings having a human experience and I think when we study spirituality a lot of the time it's very focused in your higher chakras and when we study sex a lot of the time it's very much focused on your lower chakras so I like Tantra because it kind of blends them both and it helps you understand that all of the chakras are important to integrate inclusive within the sexual experience but in life as well so yeah like sex is a part of tantra but it's not all of tantra it's um it's great for people who kind of want to experiment on the spiritual path but are also interested in kind of a healthier way of sexing and um experiencing sexual energy Mm, i love that i love that you touched on the masculine and feminine energy i find i've listened to so many podcasts and read a lot about the difference in different energies that we hold so i love that um that's Mm. part of that as well yeah yeah so it is such a hugely important topic i think one that's quite misunderstood sometimes and there's a lot a lot a lot a lot in the conversations and in the topic of feminine and masculine energy but it's ultimately like so important that we recognize that we both have feminine and masculine energy and tantra teaches how to witness what parts of us 
how much of each energy we're using ultimately so mm. how much in our feminine how much in our masculine and what that means to be in our feminine or to be in our masculine how that feels and then there's also going into topics of like relationship and how the masculine it being like the male or the male uh the more masculine partner if you're in a same-sex couple because there's always one that kind of sits a little bit stronger in the masculine than the feminine in most cases Mm. um it's just kind of recognizing like how they can hold space for the feminine and vice versa so Mm. yeah i absolutely love that and i know that we've touched on this before as well that being a mother like takes you away from your feminine energy right it really brings you into your masculine because it's (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. It really <laughs> brings you into your masculine energy because you're constantly thinking like, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to feed. I've got to, it's just, yeah, you're constantly in that masculine energy. And I know that you and I talked about this in, um, in our session that we had yeah. that I'm struggling a little bit because I just feel like I'm constantly in that masculine energy at the moment. And I, I don't see much of that feminine energy of mine, even just you know, working and in corporate and all those things. Um, yeah, I just, like, that's a, re- a topic that is very, um, yeah, interests me so much, I guess, because I can relate to it so much. Yeah, and I guess, like, for me, like, since becoming a mother, like, it really helped me understand myself more because there's this idea that you get so crazy when you're a mother, you know, like, it gets so wild because you're so sleep deprived and you don't have enough support and different things like that. Um, but it's recognizing that part of being a feminine, like being a female, is that we go into our Kali and we feel our emotions and it's not crazy. It's just we haven't been learned how to be held in those scenarios. And it's it's just, I guess there's so much in it. It's like we could talk about this topic forever. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's recognizing that it's destigmatizing the aspects of the feminine that has been persecuted as crazy is something that I'm finding the call to really kind of go deeper in on and write about and talk about because, you know, as you said, we've lived in a a world of what they call like the patriarchy, which is an imbalance of masculine energy. Ultimately, it's forced us into jobs and scenarios and to mother in a certain way that doesn't necessarily make us feel great all the time. And when we're working in corporate, corporate itself is a masculine energy. So it's recognizing like that everything has this feminine and masculine energy. Like every industry has one, it leads, it leans one way more than the other. Mm-hmm. Like corporate is a little bit more masculine. The health system's a little bit more feminine. Yeah. And I was talking to a client about this other day. Like, isn't it interesting how, how business is more masculine and it seems to be more prioritized to than the health system and health is more feminine. So it just shows you how the patriarchy is still showing up in this way. Yeah. But still yeah. that old school, old school yeah. thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like the bigger collective, but yeah, it's really powerful to witness it in ourselves because then we can kind of surrender more to our feminine, which allows us to soften into the sexual experience. It allows us to receive, uh, which I think, a lot of women, you know, we've been in that masculine where we, where masculine energy is actually the giving energy. And so we've been more in our masculine, like giving to our partners sexually. Um, giving to our children. Yeah, giving to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so it's learning in the sexual experience that it's safe for us to receive. And I think, like I see with a lot of clients, like if they're having orgasmic blocks, for example, that's that's a huge feminine block. It's It's not being able to receive that pleasure and the you know that our sex can offer us if we if we can embody that energy more yeah Yeah. absolutely I guess how um, for someone that's listened to the first episode and if not go back and listen to the first episode (laughs) um you explained your work without the tantra because I know you weren't um you weren't quite practicing it then so how does a tantra session really differ from one of your and I've got it in quote marks one of your no- your normal sessions I guess how does how yeah. do they differ so um so I know some my, of it does cross over and I know some of our yeah. sessions prior to you like really delving into tantra did have a little bit of that aspect mm. mm-hmm. yeah so I mean they're they are still quite different though I find like 
my tantric sessions at the moment um uh, they are teaching like the foundations of tantra they're more educational they're more they're not so um personalized of course they are personalized we still talk about things that might be coming up for you we we target the exercises to the client but um my soul support sessions which were my original sessions um they are very much client-based you know anything goes it's kind of a space where I hold space. We have a lot more discussion around their personal circumstances. And then we go in intuitively deeper into their soul wisdom. I connect with my higher people more and we bring through soul wisdom for them as the client. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it is educational, but it's not so much educational. It's more um, a session to hold space for the client to heal and mm-hmm. to learn about their own healing mm-hmm. um and yeah we do use a lot more like my psychic skills and different things like that um where tantra is kind of a bit more i'd say like a little bit more linear like i it's got like a bit more of a structure to it where my soul sessions are very like oh let's just see where this takes us and mm-hmm. um turn into your soul and what you need right now and sometimes clients will come into it they still bring questions into it and we can answer them, but they come into it with certain expectations but leave with totally different messages. Tantra is more educating you on how, what practices you can do at home mm-hmm. um, that are taught in Tantra and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the philosophy of Tantra. Yeah, right. I found that really interesting, the philosophy, mm. because I didn't... You hear about Tantra. Yeah. But I guess, like, for someone that's not in this, you know, not connected spiritually to themselves when you hear Tantra, I, my first thought was kind of like, what's that, like, the big book of sex positions? Oh, like, Kama Sutra. Kama Sutra! That's yeah. <laughs> why I linked them. <laughs> Kama Sutra is very close to Tantra. Oh, that's um, good. I wasn't off yeah, there. I wasn't no, far off. Yeah, no. And I mean, it's still important. They're ancient teachings. And, like, shit, we all want to experiment with different positions. Absolutely. So, like, it is about that. But I guess Tantra has been taken by the Western world and been overly sexualized, like Mm -hmm. anything to do with sex. And it's not about so much about sex. And I guess this is what I've always talked about. Like, yes, I'm happy to talk about sex and get into the nitty-gritty and we can talk about what your fantasies are and your shames are and your... Um, your desires are and your orgasm blocks and we can talk about how to get you orgasming more and things like that that's no problem but I'm always going to bring clients back to the fact that sex is life you know and that's what Tantra teaches to it's like sex is only a small part of the bigger picture mm-hmm. and sex is like an amazing tool to facilitate our healing mm-hmm. but I guess Tantra also I just want to note is that um, sexual energy is different to like sex itself so sexual energy is exactly that. Sexual energy is an energy and it resides within us or whether we choose to have sex or not, whether we're asexual or supersexual. Um, and it's recognizing that sexual energy can be used, and this is what Tantra teaches, to bring healing and connection to the self and help us really hone and celebrate the vitality of life and to create things in our life that we want to. So. Um, I guess there's this understanding that sexual energy is just to do with sex, but it's not. Like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a name for it, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. They that's call true. it Ching and Tantra anyway. Okay, yeah. that's really cool. Why do you, from your point of view, why do you feel that sexuality and sex is missing from a lot of other people's holistic healing and holistic work? Um, I, What I see... And what I've experienced is sex being taught. I mean, things are are shifting and growing and sexual empowerment is becoming a lot bigger, which is amazing. Um, But what I've experienced, and especially when I started my journey, was that sex is taught purely physical. And in, in my work, I've seen it and I've acknowledged that body, mind and soul applies to sex in every sense so sex was never just meant to be physical it's always had the three attributes of body mind and soul but it hasn't been acknowledged which has taken us away from the original purity that sex was 
way back Mm -hmm. in the day. Mm -hmm. So when we look at holistic health, we're looking at the whole self. We're not just looking at the physical self. It's the same with sex. So sex, I just feel like sex has never been... A priority? Nah, Mm. it's not. It's like sex is the like, like the little like icing on the cake. It's not the whole cake, you know? So it's recognizing that sex, that's probably not the right um, description, but it's recognizing that sex has a huge impact on how we experience life and that this sexual energy within us, whether we use it physically or use it in different ways throughout our body, if it just sits there, it becomes stagnant, it becomes black, um, black, blocked, and it manifests into unhealthiness, it, it manifests into like cancers and different things like that. So mm. um, not just cancers, but disease, you know, that's what they say, like disease. So it's recognizing that sexual energy was always meant to flow through us naturally, whether we, or organically through our practices and through our acknowledgement of health. So yeah, I just think it's a super, super, important aspect of our holistic health probably more important because we haven't acknowledged it to be for so long Mm -hmm. i think if we had acknowledged it before now it probably would just be like you know just another aspect of our holistic health that we would just do naturally but we don't Mm -hmm. so that's why it's so important to bring it back into our holistic health is because it's been ignored is important for such a long time and that's just ignored in general as well and you know growing up in life you don't really yeah you have sex ed or whatever and and I know that the world is definitely changing but it's still it's still not where it needs to be but you don't talk about having those healthy that healthy sex relationship or you don't talk about how to feel yourself sexually you know Mm. it's just not talked about whatsoever whether that's in holistic health or whether that's in health in general you know it's it's completely forgotten about yeah and like I guess um there's two things that's come up when you said that it's like you know when you look back at us at school like I know it's changed a little bit since we were at school but for me it was like heavily smothered in shame and taboo I think our sex education was about STIs and pregnancy and pretty much don't have it and don't touch the man because you will literally get an STD Yeah. yeah exactly and like that's a perfect foundation to create shame and disconnect sexually it's it's yeah the sex ed that we got back in back in the day and i'm sure it may have changed slightly but i'm sure it's not changed too much it is a really shameful thing and it it shouldn't be it's such a healthy everyone does well pretty much everybody has sex you know Uh, your parents are your grandparents are Uh, or they have sexual cravings if they don't have sex you know and then you know like if I look back in my childhood and I was like severely shamed. Oh, and what I wanted to mention as well was like when I came, was coming out of my slutty pants phases, um, you know, which I relapsed into many times. But as I moved out of them, I would often relapse because I was like, oh, fuck it. I already have that, that, um, that perception about me anyway. So I'll just do whatever I want. But I did feel crazy, you know, like I did feel shame and mm. I did feel and even though I would do it anyway and I'd be like, uh, sucks to be you because you don't express yourself sexually, you know, like I still held deep set tra- uh, like shame around it. Mm. But that shame wouldn't be there if I had learned how to have balanced sex and how to express myself sexually in a healthy way and also that it wasn't shameful to experiment with this energy because it's not, you know, like even sexual, um, like, STIs, for example, the only reason we shame them is because they're on our pussy or our dick, you know? Yeah. Not, if they were on our throat, we wouldn't be like, oh my God, you have a throat infection. <laughs> you know, like, oh, well, maybe with COVID, you never know. But, um, <laughs> but you know, like, or if you have conjunctivitis, you'd be like, oh God, sucks to be you. But you're not so like, oh my God, you're repulsive, you know? But yeah. there's this real sense that if you get an STI, you're repulsive. But it's just an illness of your genitals. It's just an illness of another Absolutely. part of your body. Yeah. It's not to be, not to disgust someone over. And yeah. Even like, like, I've just had a thought, like mm. you're more than happy to tell your girlfriends you've got a UTI or yeah. 
um yeah. you know you're really struggling in that regard but would you go ahead and tell your tell your girlfriends oh god i've got chlamydia hell no yeah. like well i mean me and you Mike, I was. <laughs> my poor <laughs> friends are like yeah you fucking would absolutely and like you know there's been times where like i have had chlamydia before and like um there was this guy i told and i really liked him and i was being a bit of slutty pants at the time and i'd slept with like it could have been three different guys and um I knew which one it probably was because that guy was a slutty pants himself. And I was like, oh, it's probably that guy. But um, I remember telling one of the guys that I actually really liked, but we weren't at that phase yet. You know, we weren't serious or anything. And he was like, oh, I can't remember what he said, but I just remember calling him on his shit because he was like, pretty much like, okay, that's yuck. Like, goodbye. And I was like, mate. I didn't crawl on top of myself without a condom and have sex with myself. So you could have just as easily given it to me as <laughs> I could have given it to you. Absolutely. Like, it's just recognizing you're a bloody human. I remember well. actually one of my sexual partners messaged me and was like, I've got chlamydia. And yeah. I was like, and you've given it to me. And I was like, okay, hold on a second. Like, yeah. That not necessarily like I know you're having sex with other people and yeah. funnily enough I went and got tested and no I didn't have chlamydia yeah. it was just that person and yeah. I was like see you the reason being is they the person the other person that they were sleeping with they had feelings for and yeah. they obviously didn't want to um, tell them tell, well not, not even tell them but I didn't I think they thought that they're a little bit more exclusive exclusive than they were. Um, and, and I mean, at the end of the, like that person was sleeping with me and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. they're expecting this other person to be all, um, you know, loyal to them, I guess. Exactly. It's double standards. And this is what yeah. we've got to call ourselves on our own shit and relationship. And like, you know, with the STIs, I just see the stigma and it's, it makes me really sad mm-hmm. and sick because I know when I, like I've had chlamydia a couple of times here we go, like spilling all the beans. And I remember, <laughs> I'm out of mind. And neither do I. Yeah, I'm like, man. Um, you know, we live and we live. Um, and again, like I said, I, if I shamed myself for having it, I would be doing a disservice to all those who are going to go through this experience because, like I said, it's a dis-ease of just another body part. Like, you have all over your body sometimes, you know? Like, um but I remember the first time I got it, I was suicidal, you know, like, really? I was like yeah, I was, I was so <gasps> disgusted in myself and oh. so had so much shame. And that's what I don't want for people to, you know, through my own experiences, I'm like, fuck mate. And like, I, I know of people who have had things like herpes and stuff like that. And it, it's life threatening. Yeah. It's because the stigma is life threatening for mm-hmm. themselves because mm-hmm. they've devalued, because society has devalued people through STIs so heavily and this this comes back to holistic health and seeing that the mental side of sex is mind fuckery and we don't need that shit Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. and that's just not true and that's why we really need to like retrain our our mind around the sexual experience Mm. so yeah and also just educate us I like the herpes one that you just touched on is very interesting because we all actually carry the virus in our body all of us and When one person gets herpes on their mouth or on their genitals, mm-hmm. they just carry it slightly differently than the person that doesn't doesn't get it. You know, they yeah. the, the person that doesn't get um, actual herpes on themselves, they still have got it in their body. And yeah. again, just that educational piece, like mm-hmm. maybe there'd be a lot less shame if we just yeah. actually knew more about, you know, anything. Also, a little disclaimer: we are not condoning unsafe sex. Everyone, we're condoms. Not. Please wear condoms. Condom. Please use condoms and make wiser decisions than we've sometimes made. <laughs> we all um, make mistakes, but yeah, definitely yeah, try. Yeah, of course, but <laughs> I think it's an important topic because realistically, sometimes condoms don't happen. Accidents happen. We're human. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's important that we have these discussions. because so, Because also, like, with the herpes scenario, it's also having compassion. Mm. Like, herpes, I have friends with it. It's an agonizing, horrendous yeah. illness to have. Like, it's even painful. on your it's mouth. Horrible. Herpes on your yeah. mouth. My... I know. Like, I get cold on my lip. That's bad enough. You know? Yeah. Like, 
to have a little bit of compassion and just like lift that stigma and educate yourself and like don't shame people for it and still date people if they've got it because you can just learn about it and it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. it's really not like it doesn't have to be a big deal what makes it a big deal is the stigma yeah exactly that's what makes it and if someone had a different virus in their body would yeah. would you stop having sex with them? Probably not. Exactly. You know, exactly. no, no, exactly. it's just because like the world's bloody oh, stigmatized it. Yeah, they? absolutely. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Your work is so powerful. How do you feel that your work has really helped yourself and your sexual self and your own yeah your own experience? How do you feel mm-hmm. it's helped there? Um. So you know. You teach what you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so originally it helped me dress. It was like a savior for me because I guess it, um, you know, I'm I'm just at the end of writing my book called Slutty Pants. And, um, oh, exciting. Yeah, yeah. So I finished my first draft, but I just had to organize publishing and different things and um, editing and all that drama. Um, but, yeah, so coming into a spiritual belief system I was about 25 and that was like at the end of my slutty phases doesn't mean I wasn't like sexy and stuff after that but like slutty I mean like real like sleeping with whoever regularly random people and like just just no love for yourself no love no orgasms for me in particular because I I need depth Mm -hmm. to orgasm and I most women connection yeah to orgasm I can't superficially orgasm so um I used to think something was broken in me because I was sleeping with all these guys when I was younger like this is pre-25 <laughs> and um not coming you know like pretending I was faking it you know for a really long time and so I guess like this work I needed to go into for my own healing first and so I went into my spiritual awakening and I still was like, oh, I knew I had all this sexual baggage. I still do, you know, like healing is a forever, a forever journey. I don't, I wouldn't say baggage, but, um, you know, I'm still healing. I think I, we always, we will always be healing because it resurfaces, you've healed it. And then it resurfaces just to test you. Have you really healed this? You Mm -hmm. know, like, have you, have you really navigated this? Are you, and like test you, like, are you going to choose a new way or you're going to repeat the pattern because this is how you know healing works it, it is a, a journey of attempting not to repeat patterns and to move forward in our lives and to ascend into our our greater self but yeah so it really helped me navigate out of the slutty pants phases and to let go of the shame and the fear that I felt so I used to have like huge anxiety when I went back to my hometown where, where a lot of my slutty pants stuff happened mm-hmm. um not all of it, but a lot of it. And I'd go, and because my hometown's small, everyone knew who I was, and I'd got this like label of being a slut. And um, and I used to be terrified to go home, and I would like really struggle with it. I'd get super shit faced just to avoid like awkward conversations, and I, like because it was my internal struggle. Other people don't give a shit, you know. They're like, oh, she's a bit of a slut. Don't even think about it again, you know. But my internal struggle was I struggled with it. Um, so yeah, this work really taught me that I didn't have to be ashamed and that this aspect of myself was something that I could transform into a healthy dynamic, not just into a toxic dynamic, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout time, you know, I got pregnant. It really helped to support me through that because if you've been pregnant or you've had a baby, you know, sexually we do have fears come up and we do change because we're about to give birth through our one of our main sexual organs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really helped me see fear as it came up and to kind of transmute it into something that wasn't fear-based. And, you know, and then after, after giving birth, you know, it really helped me on that journey too. But um, then I was diagnosed with PTSD and after a really long time um, realized that I had been sexually abused in my younger years because sexual abuse is very broad and rape is very broad. Um, We see it as something that's violent and it's not necessarily. No, it's not necessarily violent. Sometimes it's our lovers raping us or um, because 
rape is just ultimately not giving your consent, your explicit consent, and not necessarily being enthusiastic about the sexual experience and things like that. So I realized after a long time of being in denial and making excuses for these um, circumstances that had happened in my life that through therapy, so please like don't go necessarily and do this journey by yourself if you feel like you're in a circumstance where where you resonate, maybe go and seek out some support. Um, But through therapy and through my spiritual practice and through Tantra and different things like that, I started to one, see that I had been sexually abused and that I'd had these really negative sexual experiences that were affecting my life. Not just sexual either, sometimes just like derogatory, you know, like yucky men saying yucky things. But everyone's different, right? It's all perception. So for Mm. me, it really affects me. I'm really sensitive to it. And I just couldn't, like, I used to be a massage therapist in, in the UK, for example, they'd always like ask for happy endings and stuff. And like, eventually that built on my trauma and I was like, oh, men are disgusting. And like yeah. that masculine um, wound and that's not healthy for anyone. I, you know, I wouldn't have a healthy relationship when I had those feelings towards the masculine. Um, so, and then time, so first I witnessed my sexual abuse. Then I realized my, I got diagnosed with PTSD. And then Tantra really helped to support me out of the idea that I had to stay in my trauma because it's not very trauma, trauma comes up, but it's not so focused on trauma. And I love that because I find in traditional therapy, they're very much about like pulling apart the trauma and they're like, let's get into the trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, it's quite hard work, you know, it's very emotional Mm -hmm. where Tantra is more about learning to find balance and nourishment in life. And I think, and not so much go into the trauma, more just like, see, it's there, but not allowing your monkey mind to take over and take you down into the rabbit hole that can be trauma. It kind of helps you to like guide you into like a happier state of being. So you can just focus on on living because what's the point in having a life where you're focused on untraumatizing yourself and then you die at the end and you haven't even got to the good part yet, you know? Like, so mm-hmm. it's finding the balance between picking apart the trauma and then just letting the trauma be and getting on with the living because life is happening while you're sitting here you know absolutely I find just watching you and because obviously we're um doing this online COVID world and you live away from Auckland now um but just watching you and like I feel like I was kind of on your journey with you and I feel like it's so it's so nice to see like we've been friends for a couple of years now but Mm. um the journey that you've been on and how much healing you've done and how much healing you've still got to go but it's so beautiful Mm. that your work's you know held space for you as well not just all these people yeah but that's you'll find like most healers do it because they needed it you know like and I guess that's what I teach a lot as well because there's this idea that we have to be fixed and perfect to help other people but I've held space for many, many, many women over the years and done my own healing at the same time. We don't have a choice, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. healing doesn't stop. There's mm-hmm. no perfect time to do this. Of course, don't do it when you're super unstable. And like, I only, f- I find clients only come to me um, when I am in the space that I can hold space for them. If I'm not there, if I've got my own shit, if I'm in the midst of my mud, you know, like it, when I'm really in it, they won't come because I need time myself to to facilitate their healing but yeah always I find my clients have either just gone through what I've been through or are going through what I've just been through and it's really it's really neat to be able to hold people in that space absolutely last question um (laughs) and I'm throwing you in the deep end here but if you were to meet your 20 year old self or 18 year old Mm. self what would you tell her what would you would you teach her a lesson? Would you give her advice? What would you do? I would probably, like, this is just what's popped into my head, so I don't even know how it's going to flow out, but I would just tell her to just have fun. Yeah. You know, like, just fucking have some fun, you know, like, and whether, but, like, genuine fun, that's not... Having sex all the time, necessarily. Yeah, no, like, that's just, like, like, don't stop yourself going swimming because you're afraid what someone might think of you because you look a certain way. And don't, you know, don't stop yourself creating because you've been told you're not good at art. Or don't, um, 
don't not have sex because you're afraid you're going to look like a slut, but then don't have sex because you want to be rebellious, you know, like (laughs) do it because you want to just enjoy life and just, you know, life's for having fun and joy and pleasure and that's what needs to be our priority. Absolutely. I love the swimming, the swimming one, because I remember watching your video um, that you put up maybe a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago and you and Sky were running into the beach and in the yeah. water and you said, oh, I don't care about my mum, my mum bum or yeah, yeah, how yeah. should I look in a bikini or blah, 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 yeah. blah. Um, and it's, it's so beautiful that you just wanted, and Sky doesn't care either, right? Like he doesn't give a shit and he just wants to spend time with his mama. And yeah. it was so beautiful seeing that video yeah. that you were just, I don't give a fuck. I just want to have fun with my child. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. Like, Sky's definitely taught me, I don't want to hold him back because I'm, you know, haven't done enough work on myself that I can't. Oh, and so you know, many women do that. Shit. You know, we all, we yeah. all want to do it, but I'm just like, no, I can't, I can't do that to him. But also, like, on my own healing journey, you know, like I have, used to have huge shame around having stretch marks from a young age. And, um, yeah, I know I stopped myself till a decent age like I was terrified to swim in front of people you know because of my body and and just like the programming around stretch marks and things like that and I just I just guess I have I want to help people like not feel ashamed of themselves and how they are like life's for living it doesn't fucking matter what you look like and and yeah look after yourself but celebrate this body that we've been given absolutely all right, where can my followers follow you and where can they get to know Amy or where can they book a session with you because your work is so beautiful? <laughs> oh, thank you. So um, my website's amydintuitive.com um, or else you can find me on social media at I am Amy D. Um, and I do have a backup account, but I don't really use that. But that's um, Amy D. Intuitive. But I might use it one day, but not really. <laughs> It's just because I talk about sex. You have to have a backup. Absolutely. Well, I'll make sure I link all your details. When's your book? When are you looking at releasing your book as well? Uh, It's complicated. So I'm hoping by the end of the year, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Uh, It will either be end of the year or next year. I will definitely keep my eyes peeled for that one. I can't wait. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you as always. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. As always, guys, I really appreciate you listening to this conversation. To stay up to date with me and what I'm up to, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, leave me a review, and follow me on Instagram at laundrywithlala. Can't wait to chat with you next time. See ya!